Welcome to the Sourced Week in Review, episode 108. This is the Week in Review. My name is Michael Crutcher and Stephen Green is joining us. Greeny, you're back. Welcome. Thanks for having me again. Well, and you're back because there's been sad news this week for Jordan McDonald, who of course has been on this podcast a hundred times plus with me. Really sad news this week that uh, you may have seen um, that Jordan's mum, Julianne, died this week after a very brave battle with illness. So Jordan is at the moment uh, just with his family and we'll welcome him back uh, next week, we expect. But our thoughts really are greeny with Jordan and uh, his family. Obviously a very tough time and we miss Jordan and we hope the best for him and we'll, we'll see him back shortly. Absolutely. Really sad news. So we still have things to discuss and... We've got well, we missed last week, and one of the reasons was because obviously Jordan was unavailable last week. So we did miss last week. Thank you to the people who checked in on us. Yes, we're still here and ready to go again. So it's sort of the fortnight in review, I, I guess, Greeny. It's like a fortnight, but uh, well, the pressure's on for the content to be a one, then, isn't it? Well, you're here, Greeny, and you're <laughs> the, super, the super sub. So look, we're going to start with AI this week, and there's been a few things that have been happening with AI this week. One thing we wanted to bring up, and I guess we're in this stage where we're just really on the AI ride and we're waiting to see what happens with it. It's really hard to predict. It's growing so quickly. There are things that we haven't thought of that are happening. But one this week, there was a very interesting story this week that involved a really sad story in Sydney that was the the murder of a young woman um, in a Sydney school on campus. A very, very sad story. And... What happened was a story from The Guardian about that incident, as sad as it was, was up on a Microsoft site. So The Guardian's content coming up on a Microsoft site. Now, Microsoft uses AI then to try and engage its readers. So what happened was the story about this woman's death was there and next to it, AI sparked up a poll of readers saying, what do you think is the reason behind the woman's death? Okay, and gave people options about the reasons behind the death. Now, of course, people were appalled about this, as in this is a young woman's death, and now you're asking us for the reasons behind it while her family grieves. So, of course, what happened here was that The Guardian copped all the flack because people thought this was a Guardian website. And so the Guardian was under fire immediately. And then the Guardian said, well, hang on a sec. This is actually Microsoft's issue and Microsoft should sort this out. So at the moment, Microsoft is launching an investigation into how this happened. But one of the things for me is that, yeah, the Guardian, okay, um, it can wash its hands of it. But these are some of the deals that go on, commercial deals, and which is content is sent across. And these are some of the things that happen. So you might wash your hands of it, but this is part of that wider ecosystem that you play in. So while it's completely out of line, it's another example of what's happening with AI and where it might go in newsrooms, Greeny, and what news outlets may make of AI. I'm sure they'll look to use it a lot and they're getting their heads around it now. They'll want payment from AI for scoping through their content to use it, but they'll also look at ways that AI can save money. Now, I should have introduced you at the start, Greeny, which I forget. 
music magnet, a publisher <laughs> of themusic.com.au and many other things. But you have a unique perspective on this, Greeny, because obviously you're the publisher of the biggest music websites in the country. So all these AI things are playing random spaces that you're playing in. Absolutely. And while I can't claim to have the, uh, the gravitas of, of The Guardian... Uh, nor, nor quite the traffic. Although today we're not doing too today, badly. yes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, these are these are things that media really need to get their head around because it really comes back to brand. And yeah. I know we're going to touch on that in other stories later. But um, when the Guardian does a deal with Microsoft or Google or Apple News or any of these other aggregators that that take this content, these are the sort of things that I guess need to be thought about when those deals are done as to what are the things that our content is going to be placed next to, Yeah. what are the, you know, potentially concerning things um, like this that could come up. And I think it's going to re- kind of re- review all of these um, opportunities because unfortunately for media, the, the idea that we're able to just sit back and wait for the advertising dollars to roll in yep. and not have to look at other uses for our content it's just not where the world's at right now That's so right. of course the deals with microsoft or the deals with google or or anybody else kind of need to be done but i think this is really showing that when those deals are done you've got to make sure that the parameters of the sandbox that that you're yep. giving that content over for are quite well defined. That's right. And this is part of this wild west that is this whole sort of media looking for revenues and looking for audiences. And these things are worth taking note of. Now, there's that wider sort of topic about AI and there was some interesting data in the Financial Review this week, which was a survey conducted for the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet on Australians' attitudes towards artificial intelligence and some really interesting findings on that. And there's obviously distrust there. So saying poor community knowledge is fueling the deep distrust of AI. Less than half, 44% of the people surveyed believe the benefits of the technology outweigh the risks. So that's interesting to see that. And then also 35% of those surveyed agree that safeguards such as regulations and legislative frameworks are adequate. So... Um, there's a lot of work to do around that. There's distrust here at the moment, but I guess there's so many things that AI can do to improve our lives, but obviously it's going to take a while to work this through. Well, it's a bit like, uh, like cryptocurrency. You know, the, we're still in a, in a position now where people are throwing around potential use cases for the blockchain and yeah. all of that. And it's been, yeah. it's been decades of the blockchain existing and people are still debating whether it's a good thing, whether it's a bad thing, how to use it, uh, all, yep. all of those things. It, it, yep. it may well be and maybe it, it's a good thing that, that in 10 or 20 years' time we're still debating how we should be using AI uh, because ultimately it's just a tool that's there to be able to shortcut things. And as humans we've got to work out where the lines are yep. that are drawn that we will and won't accept um, AI because it, it essentially... Yeah, as a publisher, the way I look at it, we we can employ AI in certain parts of our business in the same way that we could employ a junior in yep, parts of our business. That's right. And there are some things that you know that you need a senior head on that you 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 just need to know that things are right and that yep. that things are good. Yep. And then there are other parts of the business where 
you know that you probably don't need that that level and and it's the same thing if you've got an ai bot that is about to publish something under your name that's wrong then there's really no difference between yeah. letting a junior loose on your website yeah. to publish something that may be wrong as well so i heard a really interesting thing during the week which i hadn't thought of which is on this theme you're talking about about the use of chat gpt in schools okay so the generative ai so obviously students can go into chat gpt and they can um type in an exam or assignment and and get back an answer so one of the schools in Brisbane, I won't name them because they may not wish to be named, what they did was they worked with their students and their secondary school students and they said, okay, let's go and type this exam, this, sorry, this assignment question into ChatGPT, let's get the answer and then let's grade it. So what they did was they got the answer for the chat GPT got it. Then they got the grading parameters they used and they went through it with the students and they found that the chat GPT answer was a C minus. So yes, you pass, but as the principal said to his senior students, his year 11s, given the state of grade 12 being almost over, mm. if you want to be a C minus student, go and use chat GPT because it's not quite there yet. It'll give you a decent answer. It'll get you through. But if you want to be an A student or a B student, chat GPT doesn't know the parameters that we grade on. So that's interesting because I hadn't thought about that before. Well, I think historically there's always been new tools that have been created that that may help or may hinder all sorts of things in human life. I mean, I, I remember my dad when we were growing up going calculator for maths <laughs> what that's cheating you can't use a calculator it's you know could you imagine doing maths now without grabbing your calculator that's right. like it's 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 just a tool that's there it doesn't mean that maths is any more or less important or wrong or whatever it's just there's there's a tool there and eventually it just becomes ubiquitous and it's just the thing that you do your maths on and yep. it'll be the same thing for ai now, there was some good AI this week, if you like, Greeny, in the launch of a new Beatles song pulled from the archives. Just tell us about that. Absolutely. So it's, uh, it, it was back in uh, the 90s that the Beatles uh, found uh, some demos that John Lennon had done and they, uh, they brought them out of the archives at that point and refinished them. Um, they... Two of them at the time, "Free as a Bird" and "Real Love," were released as singles, and yep. they, they hit the they hit the top five, and they were yep. part of the anthology series yeah. that came out. Around that same time, there was another demo that was there that just wasn't up to scratch, um, and they weren't able. You know, when they, when you're recording music, generally, if you're going to go back and um, you know finish it or, or refinish yep. it, the most important thing is to have the track separated. So you've got a track for the guitar, a track for the vocals and that sort of thing. If you've got it all mashed up in one channel, you can't really do a lot with it unless yep. you can separate it out. And yep. up until recently, if they just had that single tape, there wasn't much they could do with it. So they shelved it until technology improved. And sure enough, now with AI, you can run that, that tape through AI and it will extract the various elements yeah, of the right. music into single tracks. So they were able to remove John's voice from the rest of the background noise yep. 
which then enabled um, Paul McCartney and Ringo and other session musicians to go in and rebuild the other tracks around it. Yeah, right. So that it, the Beatles could be playing with a yeah. legitimate John Lennon vocal on top of it that would sound great. Did you like the song, Greeny? It, it's a Beatles song that wasn't released at the time. <laughs> it's, I, I, I mean, it, I think it's good. I, I mean, I, I think whether it's whether it's as good as let it be or not is uh is is probably up for up for debate oh, actually i don't think it is up for debate it's not as good <laughs> as not let it be or it would have been on an album by now but um but it's great i, I think these are the these sort of sort of things just improve music i think you know musicians in general um some of their songs are great and some of their songs are less great but it all builds up a canon yep. of of material that that becomes part of their legacy and this will be, I mean, possibly the final chapter in that yep. legacy, although I'm sure they'll find something <laughs> else to remaster or remix or they'll, they'll find something else. Now Commerce will dictate that. Of course, follow the money. It always gets you to the answer. Now, of course, speaking of Beatles, Paul McCartney played uh, at Suncorp Stadium this week. Greeny, you're the music man about town. Were you there? I was not there, no. Um, but... We had several reviews from several of the shows on the music.com.au, all of which got very good traffic this oh, week. That's good. Go and read it there to see what happened. Now, speaking of uh, trust, as we mentioned in AI before, Qantas in the news again. We've spoken about Qantas many times in this podcast with Jordan over the episodes. Now, the Qantas AGM on today, Friday, and the... Directors up for re-election, Todd Sampson and Belinda Hutchinson, survived. They are re-elected. So there you go. Interesting, though, the Financial Review had a piece this week with some internal research by Qantas, which was provided to the Financial Review by the leaky boat that is Qantas at the moment, finding that its trust levels have plummeted after all of the trouble for Qantas over recent months. And they've fallen behind Virgin on all measures of brand trust, pride, value and transparency. So these are really damning figures, the Financial Review writes. It's fallen so low, the paper writes, it's only two percentage points above that of its low-cost Jetstar subsidiary, 19 points below Virgin when it comes to the question about who would consumers consider flying with so not a good result there for Qantas yet it holds on with its uh, AGM today some knockbacks on remuneration but not on that Greeny is this something that Qantas should be shocked at is this something that um, is a concern to them well if they weren't concerned before being neck and neck with Jetstar yes. in terms of who people would want to fly with is not exactly where you want to be when you're supposedly the national carrier. It's, yeah. it's an appalling result and I'm shocked that that they've let it get to this point. I mean, I think there's, a, as a brand like that, the, the brand and the brand sentiment is really all you've got, particularly yeah. when you get to a point where a, a, a pandemic, those sorts of things... You need the public support. You need the goodwill to get you through those sorts of things. Mm. And, of course, you need the goodwill to, for people to buy tickets. And yeah. ultimately, there's, it's, it's very easy to find ways to cut costs. It's very hard to rebuild a brand. Yeah. And 
that's one of the things that they've obviously got the balance completely wrong. I can't believe that that we've that, that any of the border <laughs> are returning that's for st- stunning. I I'm mean, uh, I, I get that you might need some continuity there, but I mean, particularly someone like Todd Sampson that that I quite enjoy watching on Gruen, but uh, to to be able to preside over yeah. a brand damage of this magnitude when presumably that's his only reason for being on the board yeah. um, is it just it leaves me flabbergasted that he's that he's still there or that he would even want to still be there at this point, to be honest. Yeah, well, when you're getting $280,000 a year to be on the board, as I think is what Todd gets, you know, you probably hang around if you can. Yeah, that's true. Interesting from the Chanticleer column in the Financial Review. Scott Morrison would take that gig. (laughs) He may take that. (laughs) Most definitely. Pays well. Uh, The Chanticleer column in the Fin Review quoting Samson at today's AGM saying, of all times in Qantas history, especially with a new CEO, this is when my experience will be most valuable, he told uh, shareholders today. So what Chanticleer says is how can shareholders rely on the very people who got Qantas into this mess to fix the problem, which is a fair question to ask. So from that viewpoint... uh, Samson survives, whatever happened in the background, um, Qantas has got its results from the AGM. Maybe the C, the, the chairman saying he's going to leave is is a circuit breaker. I flew Qantas this week, flew from Rockhampton back to Brisbane. Uh, Ainsley and I were in uh, central Queensland to work for, for a couple of days. We flew back. Now, I've flown Qantas a lot of times. I, in my sports riding days, I was a platinum frequent flyer. I have never seen Qantas so friendly on a flight as I saw on that Rockhampton to Brisbane flight. So, you know, that's a quick flight. Um, We got a drink service, which was obviously the Qantas post 5pm free liquor. Uh, They came back through the cabin and said, who would like another drink? Who would like top-ups on wine? I've never seen this before from Qantas. It was the most friendly approach I've ever seen. So... Well, maybe they've learnt something because realistically this is the way that they get out of this hole is continuing... Plying people with liquor. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, continuing to dig the hole is not going to help. But getting back to the basics and and getting things right. I mean, although I saw today um, the ACCC case where they're they're being taken for that. That will be bruising. Well, Qantas are arguing now that... Uh, what was what was the uh, the phrase was that they don't sell tickets, they sell rights <laughs> to slots, <laughs> and that they're not that, that that when you're buying a ticket, you're it's buying a, a right to at some point take a flight that may or may not change. <laughs> you're not actually buying a ticket on that flight. Now these are the sorts of things that Todd Sampson probably <laughs> needs to be getting home from the AGM instead of. Uh, pouring himself a, a scotch tonight, he probably needs to look at that lawyer and go, oh, my God, just lose the case, but please shut up because you are yeah. not helping. L- leave the comms up to the comms people, the lawyers, you do the legal stuff. Just oh, like comms 100%. people don't do law, law. Try telling the public that they're not really buying a... F- yeah. Sorry, I'm out. <laughs> they need to get some of those uh, wine fill-ups to you. Now, one thing we missed last week, which we were going to talk about, was the Meta results, the um, the parent company of Facebook. 
big quarter results last Friday for Meta, uh, one of the best results for some time. Its largest quarterly revenue since going public more than a decade ago. Advertising's picked up. Sales increased to $34.1 billion up more than 23% compared with a year ago. So that's Meta's third quarter in a row of rising revenue after the challenges of 2022. So a very uh, big turnaround for Meta, um, despite their huge investment in the Metaverse, which doesn't really have much happening for it at the moment. Threads, not a whole lot happening there either. But some... Positive news there for Meta. At the same time, Greeny, some negative news for Twitter or X, as it is called now. I still have trouble with that one. But uh, the Axios team reporting uh, that X, formerly Twitter, in their words, has hemorrhaged users and advertisers in its first year under Elon Musk's ownership, according to new data that Axios has achieved. So they're saying that uh, app downloads fell 38% between uh, October and 2022 and September 2023. uh, That uh, usage has decreased. Monthly Android active users falling 15% and mobile users in the US year-on-year falling as well. Average time spent daily per user falling. User churn increasing. So a whole bunch of stuff there. Greeny, you use social media a lot for your... um, your publications what are you seeing in social media at the moment we gave up on x yeah uh, really but that was probably something that we were doing anyway the traffic that we were getting from the platform was not huge yep um and the the cesspit that you have to wade through even just to post wasn't worth it anymore yep um facebook's not much better but we get lots of traffic from it so we grin and bear it and post on there but i think um the the biggest number that's that's the scariest for Elon Musk it isn't any of those numbers. It's the advertising revenue number. Yes. Um, that's down 60%. And that really is the the biggest driver. I would think if he had have had a better plan to keep the advertisers happy, then with the amount of uh, costs that he's been able to remove from the business, you probably could wear a 15% drop in usage. Yes. Uh, but if you're copying a 15% drop in usage and a 60% drop in revenue, there's not a lot of happy news there. You, yep. you, there's, it, it's fine if you're trading one number to help the other, but at the moment, none of those numbers seem real crash hot. No, we keep reading about this over time. Still very interested to see what happens with Twitter or X. I was advised last night, I got a message to say something had been retweeted. But I thought it was reposted or don't know. Or the language has changed. Rexed. Rexed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great invention, Greeny, off the cuff there. Now, we're going to look through the magazines because we haven't done that for a while. What are the magazine front covers? And the first one we're going to look at is the uh, Woman's Day because we look at these because they do give us some good insights into what people are reading and these magazines are very successful engaging their audience so now greeny i'm interested here because the woman's day the big story in the woman's day this week is dr chris's regret i've made a huge mistake now dr chris is a tv personality yes i'm not aware of what it is he's on he was on uh, i'm a celebrity get me out of here but recently defected to channel seven where he'll be hosting pretty much every show that sonia kruger's <laughs> not hosting and some of them probably with sonia kruger 
uh, but taking over a lot of uh, a lot of Channel Seven properties from next year. Right. Well, he's clearly doing business in the celebrity magazine space because he's a big thing on Woman's Day this year. Now, um, also very interesting here is uh, Megan of uh, Megan and Prince Harry has been caught texting a soccer star. Mm. Well, this is just big news. I I think if you if you're in a relationship with someone, you you're no longer able to text anyone ever. I think is that that's the rule. <coughs> I think that's the rule. That's, yeah. That's what's happening. Look, the Irwins and Lisa Curry on the front page, they also do very good business for the celebrity magazines. Now, if we go to the new idea, and that's worth looking at this week because we've got Harry on the front cover there. Greeny, what can you see there on the front cover? What's wrong with this picture is uh, he's inviting Kate to LA. Oh, he's inviting Kate, so his sister-in-law. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, this is an interesting media story because it's the it's it's not the obvious. It's the thing you're not expecting. It's the and power that will get you the clicks if the if it was clicks. The power of the opposite. It works all the time. What what else is new idea doing, Greeny? Uh, Meryl Streep's divorce, oh, which I had very very little interest in that one, yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Carl and Shervo's 11-year feud revealed. An 11-year feud. I wonder whether that's bigger or smaller than his feud with Koshy. Oh, yes, of course. Which was reignited from his joke at... Uh, yeah. Uh, we re- I read that in New Idea, I reckon, too. Yeah, you, you're across this stuff very well. And, like, the thing I'm most looking forward to in the New Idea is how to make an iced Vovo cake. Ooh, I, I actually, I, my eyes didn't even go to that one. I ran straight past it, so I, I'm glad you pointed that out. It's the first thing that's, I saw. That's got, the, that's got the sale for me. A slice of Aussie heaven. Yeah. Ice vovo okay, we'll give What's it a uh, that, that Food's all the rage at the moment. I noticed that Kettle Chips have put out a, uh, a Bundaberg ginger beer flavoured chip this week as well. Really? And there's a Donut King flavoured twisty in Coles at the moment, I noticed. There's like... Taste sensations all around, but I reckon the ice vovo cake's going to take it. I want to have a crack at that. That'd be something to do for the weekend. Uh, Greeny, how's your weekend looking? Uh, buying some fish with my 11-year-old. First pet. Oh, really? Mm. Any names picked out? Uh, probably, but I didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> you can report back. I'll, I'll let you know. Thank you for coming in, Greeny. Thanks for having me again. Hopefully Jordan's back soon. We'll see him back next week. Thanks a lot.